I'm Nick Flaherty. I'm Jason Thielbar. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Today, we're talking Bat Books, which came out June 1996. As always, if you want to pick up any of these books, there are Amazon affiliate links below. They help the podcast, but we prefer that you go to your local comic shop. And these episodes are on YouTube. Jason, did you know that I caught up on the YouTube stuff? I'm entirely caught up now. I did. I did. Yeah, know I'm super stoked about it. We actually got a lot of comments on the uh, the episode where you talked about hyper normalization and I talked about redline. And one of the comments on, on YouTube was like, this is an insane juxtaposition. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, didn't didn't even think about it until you just said it. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, wait a minute. I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. Kind of is. is. It kind of. But that's what you can get in the two read pile. But oh, yeah. this is not the two read pile. We are talking bat books. I'm just gonna jump right in. Batman five thirty two, written by Doug Munch, with art by Kelly Jones, with John Beatty on inks, colors by Greg Wright, seps by Android Images, Todd Klein on letters, edited by Denny O'Neill, with Jordan B. Gorfunkel, associate editor. Cover has Batman fighting some mummies partially above ground in a jungle while Dead Man fights mummies below ground. This is Spirit Thieves. We start with Batman and Dead Man, kind of recapping the previous two issues before as they walk through a cave to get to this lost city hidden inside a dormant volcano. They bumped into Chimu. You remember that guy, right, Jason? The, yeah. the semantic argument guy. <laughs> great he's back yeah the, the guy from one of plato's dialogues oh my god he, the guy who does not realize he's in an action comic book anyway <laughs> they bump into him in the tunnel and they get into another kind of weird conversation about how chimu thinks they need further guidance and then batman's like then give us further guidance and then he's all like oh no i lied about that you don't need further guidance you need further truth and i'm like I just, I just want to get through this, Chimuru. Please, yeah. please, yeah. Chimuru, Ch please. Chimuru, you, you, you know we've traveled an obscenely long way. I'm a <laughs> giant man dressed as a bat. Like, come on, stop yeah, jerking us around. Help us or get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> yeah, come on. So, Chimuru's in the tunnel. Uh, they do the whole further guidance thing, whatever. It made I skipped a few word balloons to be honest. Anyway, anyway, that's not the point. I can't stand that Chimu guy. Batman and Deadman beat up some goons guarding the cave entrance when they when they emerge into the into the town that's in the dormant volcano. Uh, Batman ends up freeing some younger tribal members who want to fight these. You want to resist these uh, uh, white guys who are coming to uh, loot and pillage, and so he he gets kind of like this army. And then uh, Dead Man finds a priest praying for mummies and spirits of dead warriors, and he convinces them to join the fight. So they start to uh, reanimate. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself because Batman finally blows Chimu's bone flute. This is OK. I wrote this down and it's literally what happens in the comic book. There's a flute made of bone. I didn't I I'm I'm saying it out loud now and I feel embarrassed, but Batman starts blowing Chimu's bone flute and uh, there's this great panel with a bunch of like 
notes that are skeletonized are happening. Yeah. And then Batman just like all these bats start coming out of the cave, like a hundred thousand bats come out of this cave <laughs> and just swarm all of the goons that were trying to fight Batman, like to the point where they're just covered in bats and there's just like little eyes <laughs> out, out like between these bats. It was it was a great scene. I do have a was, question though. Do, shoot. Do, do you do do you think? Because as soon as you said uh, Chimu's bone flute, I was like, is 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 that just like another phrase for Chekhov's gun? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, you know, if the, you put the, a the, if you put a Chimu bone flute into the yeah. first act, you got to pay it off in the third. Yeah, it's just it's good writing, man. It's just good yeah, writing. Yeah. So, Dead Man rallies these uh spirit warriors to uh rehab re-inhabit their bodies in these mummies and the mummies are in these uh funeral towers that are kind of like these bricked up towers with corpses in them basically and killeen who's running the mercenary group there he decides like batman's got to be around here somewhere he might be in the funeral towers i'm gonna go get him so he climbs up into the funeral tower and then it's a bunch of dead people climbing out to like fuck him up and then basically all hell breaks loose you know everybody's fighting dead people are there the tribal warriors are there the the mercenaries are trying to shoot but you know some are covered in bats it's just pure chaos killeen thinks he's gonna get away so he's gonna try to like grab as much loot as he can before he gets out Batman starts fist fighting him. You know, it doesn't go well for Colleen, obviously. Chimu ends up using the battering that Batman gave him in the previous issue to knock out a dude. So we got we got Chekhov's gun twice yeah. in this issue. Bad guys get captured. Dead man asks Batman if he'll tell any archaeologists about this place. And Batman says no, because they study dead civilizations. And this one is thriving and deserves privacy. Jason. What did you think of Batman 532? Well, just one more thing about Chimu's uh, bone flute, though. Sure. New, yeah. new, new, new add-on to, uh, to the story writing rule of Chimu's bone flute. If, if, if you have a bone flute in Act 1, you also have to have a Batarang in Act 1. And then in Act 3, <laughs> the bone flute and the Batarang, but you, you got to have the payoff there. But you can't have a bone flute without a Batarang, is all I'm saying. Yeah, I, oh, Jason, you don't, you don't teach literature, do you? Because I feel like you should. I, I feel like people need to learn about, people need to learn about Chekhov's gun, and then they need to learn about Chimu's bone flute and batarangs as well. You know what? I mean, I don't, but like, Yale is only like 45 minutes away from me, so like, I, think, I should, I should I think you gotta hit the drop up. a CV, like, yeah. put a resume in the mail, man. Yeah, see what those people at the repertory theater are doing and be like, all right, all right, t t time to uh, bring some prestige to this place. Yeah, you're going to be like, you know? look, I'm look I'm, I, I read a lot of your papers and a lot of you have not read Batman 532 and it shows. <laughs> yeah. Just disappointed. Just disappointed. Anyway, what do you think yeah. of the issue? I really liked it, but I will say that even even though the uh, the Kelly Jones of it all and it was a good story. Uh, and Dead Man is great. And it's always great to see Kelly Jones, of course, draw Dead Man. But I found myself really kind of wishing that if they're going to do, especially with a character like Dead Man, do like a spooky ghost story with Batman, that I, I wished it would have been like a bit smaller because like I feel like they 
they missed out on a lot of having like it should have been a lot more Batman and Deadman because like Batman's very obviously like annoyed by Boston Brand. Right. Yeah. And that would have been like such a great buddy. And like and they did that a little bit, a little bit of like the buddy yeah. humor and you know, Batman being the straight man and all that. But like I find my I found myself being like, oh wait, well, now they're in South America. Oh, now they're fighting goons again. Oh, now they're running away from goons again. Like there wasn't yeah. like Yeah. Like, like that, that, that's my, that's my one big gripe with it, I guess. It's not like, yeah. not, it not the like, biggest gripe, but. It felt like the, the bones of the story were interesting, but it just like, it's three issues. And the first issue has like, talks about metaphysics and like, just like, you know, Doug Munch, like read an article and we talked about that, about yeah, how like, yeah. he, and he's just going to like puke the article at you like through Bruce Wayne and then like Chimu is just like talking nonstop in circles. And I think it's supposed to be like vague and mysterious and like, Oh, he has, he has otherworldly knowledge, but it like just comes across as like pedantic and silly. And I'm just like, I fucking hate this. Like, I just want dead. I want dead man and Batman. I want that adventure. I don't know what yeah. the fuck this Chimu guy's doing, you know? Yeah. And then it's like they don't even really at interact with Killeen except for like a page where Batman shows up and then just knocks his ass out. Yeah, Killeen doesn't doesn't seem like a um a really like scary villain. Like he's a bad no. guy. It's like okay, and, but like he's not threatening. And we spent we spent three issues and like Killeen's just like bossing around people who are like letting themselves be bossed around because they think he's a god and then yeah. and then selling some stuff and then Batman just walks in and solves it basically. Yeah. And I, yeah, and pretty, I just pretty much if we're going to do it, if it, if it's going to be a three three issue arc, I just wish that there was a little more there. And I was very hopeful from the first issue and then the second issue, I got worried and then in the third issue, I'm like, I am glad that this is over. <laughs> it was nice yeah. to see Dead Man, but like mostly I'm just I just want this behind us. Yeah, yeah, it's, it seems like they had to like, I think it suffered a lot from like the sort of way they had to kind of. They had to figure out and it ended up being like shoehorning a way of getting Dead Man into Gotham. You know, it's like, right. how do we get Dead Man into Gotham to cross batman's path and it's like i think this is something that in the adventure books would have been solved by dead man just showing up just being right. like hey right. batman there's a problem you know and then it would have been like off to whatever the mystery adventure right was. yeah it instead it's just it meanders so much and i'm like well why are we even in the jungle why can't we just stay in gotham and like bust up the smuggling ring you know yeah or if we're going to go to the jungle, why not have that be an escalation instead of just like this meandering thing where we just kind of like take a plane in and parachute down and meet Chimu. And you're just like, I don't know what we're doing here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like there could have been like a bigger like, you know, heist at, you know, a pawn shop or antique dealership or a museum or right. some other sort of like weird thing with like a lot more bodies or a lot more violence or something to maybe let, make Killeen, Killeen like look a bit more like dangerous, you know? Yeah, let Killeen get the drop on Batman. 
he he's like gets knocked out in Gotham. He wakes up in the jungle like something like that. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you're just like, oh, shit, it's on, you know, or or um, because they established that um, Boston doesn't like, you know, inhabiting bodies unless he has to. Like you could have had they're on the trail of killing by the end of the first issue. Right. They're on yeah. the trail of kill, killing in the jungle. He gets the drop on them, just totally turns the dead body. Dead man was using into Swiss cheese. So he's just a ghost captures Batman now dead man has to wrestle with the idea of should I, you know, possess Batman to get him out of yeah. this. Right. You know, and you could have had like, yeah, a whole sort of. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you know what, though, to, to, to be fair, to be fair to the writer, though, like it, it we're, we're kind of Monday morning quarterbacking here. Like it's, Absol- it's a lot. Absolutely. Fucking lootly. It's, it's like, a lot easier I've, to come up with these ideas after someone else already came up right. with theirs. You and, know? and I like Doug Munch's writing. I'm not trying to dunk on him. Uh, and no, we are no. Monday morning quarterbacking here, but uh, this is also just kind of a fun way to like dissect an issue. But ultimately, yeah. I felt like it didn't live to my expectations, especially because like once we got Kelly Jones on the book, I was like, I, I was looking at covers and I was like, oh, we're going to get a dead man story. And I was like very excited about that because when yeah. you think dead man, you think Kelly Jones. And so I'm okay. like, we're going to get like a gem here. And it just ended up not being that. Yeah, it wasn't. It was, yeah, it wasn't bad, but it, it did suffer from the high expectations that we put on. Sure. Absolutely. See, seeing absolutely. seeing Kelly Jones draw certain characters, you know, like rub yeah. our hands together. Like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Should we get into Shadow of the Bat 52? Batman Shadow of the Bat number 52. Alan Grant is your writer, Dave Taylor is your penciler, Joe Rubenstein is your inker, Pamela Rambo holding down the colors as always, Android Images keeping those colors separated, Bill Oakley is the letterer, Carl Critchlow, cover painter, Jordan B. Gorfunkel, associate editor, and Dennis O'Neill is the big guy editor. (laughs) Alfred, with a fresh breakfast ready, greets Bruce in his own catty and bitchy way. If I may (laughs) say so, sir, you look positively awful. Never change, Mr. Pennysworth. Never change. Batman explains to Tim and Alfred that he's hungover as hell. He had been drugged by a cocktail that this new villain has made. He plans on releasing it in the, you know, on, on the whole city. He orders Tim to contact the Institute of Dream Research. You know, that institute that everybody knows about. <laughs> to see if there are any I'm sure they dis- handle a lot of emergencies as well over there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To see if there are any disgruntled ex-employees, like any kind of connection they can make. Because like they're there. He's not in the files. He doesn't he doesn't recognize them. You know, no, no, no no clue. And Bruce explains that the the drugs that this guy made induces horrible nightmares that appear real. And he's trying to puzzle out how he's going to release this awful party drug on an unsuspecting Gotham public. How is he going to do it? Not the reservoir. It would be far too diluted to have an effect. The pumping stations? No, Jim goddamn Gordon has been posted at every station. Hmm. Well, while pouring his coffee, Alfred offers Bruce some milk, and he obliges as he imagines the awful hell on earth that will be unleashed if this madman isn't stopped. Speaking of milk, we're back where we left our villain and his goons. At the largest of Gotham's, I'm assuming, many dairies. Now, Croesus laughs at the irony of safe, innocuous milk being the downfall of Gotham. Some lovely mwahaha and villain-ranting 
then follows, and the poison milk production begins. Which, you know, whenever I see a um an assembly line start, I always in my head start playing the song. <laughs> we we are of a certain age where <laughs> cartoons have <laughs> rotted our mind. <laughs> God damn right. It's much more pure than the internet routing your mind. Suck on that, yeah, Gen Z. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce then has a bit of an acid flashback. Uh, Gotham burning and him not being able to do anything about it. The huge, the usual thing he, he dreams about. He's still trying to detective his way to how this asshole is planning on dosing the whole city with this nightmare drug. And then Jim goddamn Gordon informs the new mayor of the threat to the city is under. He's requesting National Guard, gas masks from storage, you know, normal stuff. She asks if it's always like this, and he's like, yep, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's the job you signed up for, lady. Tim couldn't turn anything up from his search. This was before Google, so who can blame him? You know, he's probably using, like, Lycos or, like, Ask Jeeves or something like that. <laughs> and, and they still Ask can't Jeeves, figure... how do I poison Gotham? <laughs> <laughs> They still can't figure out how Necrosis is going to release his party drug, which at this point, as a reader, is getting frustrating. I'm like yelling at the comic book right now. It's like, I get it. We're supposed to know and they're not supposed to know. But I'm just like, oh, my God, you guys. Yes, come please, on. please. Let's go. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, it has to be something that everyone uses. They go through another list and Alfred offers them milk again. Mr. Pennyworth, you beautiful bitch. <laughs> but there's a small kink. It's daytime. And Batman doesn't usually show up while the sun shines. Well, so they'll take the limo. <laughs> Must be nice, Bruce. Once at the dairy, Batman tells Robin to go after the truck that's picking up the milk, and he's going to go after the big bat. Well, there are some goons with guns who are trying to keep Batman away. <laughs> Watch it. He's a tricky one, a goon says. A tricky one? A tricky one? This is Batman, motherfucker. Like, yeah. Like, a little bit. He, he does have tricks, like knocking over a crapload of milk crates on top of these goons. Robin wow. surfs on top of the milk truck, Teen Wolf style, and does a sweet flip over the top of a spiked gate. Batman catches up with Necrosis. Dude tries his gas trick again, but Batman has got some nose filters now, and nothing can get past the mighty nose filters. But why? Why does this jerk want to destroy the whole city in a hallucinatory nightmare? After a quick fight, Batman unmasks him, revealing a horribly disfigured face. Ah, now the goons in the milk truck, they think they've shaken the boy wonder. <laughs> like fudge they have. He throws a Robin-branded smoke bomb into the truck, and they crash, careening into a blind alley. Tim, you could have killed those men. <laughs> like, that is just reckless. It's a good they thing. They were driving very fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you, it's like, all right, go to, sure, you saved the city, but okay, well, I guess that's fine. <laughs> Batman and Necrosis continue their fight, as the big bad sings his blues song. His mama was, his, was a drunk and his daddy was a thief. But when they both got caught up in the system, he got sent into Gotham's care. He's, he was just a little child and he was hungry. And there was an accident where he was reaching for a boiling pot of water 
and it just disfigured and literally melted away his whole face. Just turned him into a uh, a red skull type, essentially. Yep. The fighting continues on the catwalks of uh, this here dairy concern, while Necrosis continues to detail the horror that has been his life. It sounds like it sucked, dude. Like, I'm sorry about that, but I don't think revenge will help you feel better. But also, I think right, you're kind of like, you're you're kind of past the point of this sort of advice. I yeah, we'll we'll get into it, it when we talk about the issue. But I have a, I have a lot to say about this <laughs> about this this fucking guy. <laughs> Necrosis goes in for a killing blow with a with a pipe he found, and Batman gives him a retaliatory donkey kick straight off the catwalk, right into a vat a vat of milk that is filled with his own nightmare concoction. He is now trapped in an unending nightmare because of his own drug. Good lord. The cops show up and find the villain and his goons tied up in a helpful note scrawled on the vat uh, that the milk is poisoned. Montoya thinks this is the work of Batman, but Bullock is like, come on, the bats don't come out during the day. As Bruce, Tim, and that sassy bitch Alfred drive off into the sunrise. There you go. That's Shadow of the Bat 52. What'd you, what'd you, what'd you think? What'd you think, Nick? Necrosis sucks so bad. He sucks <laughs> so bad. It, there's a panel where he's like, he's like, oh, you want to you wanna know why I'm doing this, Batman? And he's like, he's like, my mom was a drunk. My dad w- was a mess. I got put into the system and I got put into this foster care. And there's a panel where he's about to disfigure himself. There's a boiling pot of water on a stove and his his little baby hand of like uh, maybe seven six like young yeah is reaching for this pot that of boiling water that disfigures him and his reaction to being disfigured by this is like this is all gotham's fault it's like it's a bonkers leap jason it is an absolute bonkers leap to be like to be like i shot myself in the foot it's the town's fault that this <laughs> happened to me you yeah, know it's like it's, it's that it's that meme where the guy's riding the bike and he sticks a, a stick in the front wheel and yes, falls off yes. and he's like holding his knee he's blaming the cr- someone else the crisis is that is that meme he is that meme turned into a character in shadow of the bat oh yeah yeah Oh, yeah. I will say, though, like the the freaking come up and slash punishment, whatever you want to call it, he gets is like, that's all right. That's wow. Right. That's fucking cruel for shit. the rest like, of just, his life into in a nightmare. It's like, yeah, OK, I guess just, we could just, just kill him. Yeah, just kill the man. Like that's <laughs> right. that's that's far. That's far less cruel. It's like at, at this point, at this point, if he spilled hot water on himself. And then was like, Gotham will pay. It's like, if he ever comes out of this thing, he's going to kill everybody. He's, yeah. he's, he's like, this is Peruvian's fault. I'm going to go to Peru and I'm going to nuke it. And it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Also, I who's got, the I inventor of milk? I, I feel like this is a fucking <laughs> Archer bit where like Archer is like, what do I look like? So-and-so the inventor of milk. Like <laughs> this is like, he needs it's, Jason, this whole thing is insane. This whole arc was absolutely insane. I I hated all of it. It was it's it's one of those it's these issues were not collected. And it and it's one of those issues where I, like 
I always, when I was younger, I was like, they should just collect everything. Put all of Shadow of the Bat in a giant omnibus. And now I'm like, we can cut these issues no problem. Yeah, they're not, they're not strictly necessary in, in, in a giant collection if you don't, if you don't want them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know what it really seemed to me like? It seemed to me that, you know, they got to issue 50 and comics love their nice round numbers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and 50 issues, too, of a monthly title isn't no, isn't, it's not at no joke, you know? It's, oh, man, it's a, almost unheard of these days. Yeah, yeah. So, like, and even back then, it was still, like, pretty good if you made it to issue 50. That's a... Yeah, it's a good chunk of years you, you get you get going there, you know, but sure. like uh, but but it, it felt to me like an editor had an idea for a big sort of like set piece story, you yeah. know, where they wanted to include like uh, how are we going to include all the you know different characters we've had in Shadow of the Bat? And then that was it for the idea <laughs> and then handed off to a writer and was like, all right. Uh, make it you got a you got a month yeah yeah make make this story surely <laughs> yeah. uh overworked yeah. writer you know it's just like oh god <sighs> yeah gotta make a new vi- i have to make a whole new villain i can't even take a no- nope nope it's gotta be a whole new villain it's like <sighs> shit you I'm, know that that's what it felt like to me i'm curious if we're gonna get some version of him back eventually but I kind of don't want him back. And then the other thing is, is he's he's kind of similar to um, a character that we had in uh, the regular Batman issues, that sleeper when um, Kelly Jones first started, who had like the skulls on the tip of her hair that she would like whip at at, at people. Oh, and then they would yeah, like have yeah. gas and they would get knocked out and they'd be in a nightmare and she was like, I'm sacrificing them to the dream god because she was crazy because she she hadn't slept in, you know, years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that, that was so much stronger than Necrosis. And if you're going to if you're going to pull obscure characters, I would rather see her again than him again. And they basically functionally do the same thing. And they're also basically functionally the Scarecrow. Yeah, yeah. Without being the scarecrow. So it's like, I, you know, it, it feels the whole thing feels redundant in a way that I just I don't know if you're going to be. This is the, this is the thing. If you're going to be redundant, at least have some style, you know, give me some flash. Give me some some something to something to see. And yeah, Necrosis just never did. Yeah, it was a little. The yeah the whole the whole arc was like a little it was a, it was a little thin yeah you know there just there just there just wasn't like a lot to like you know but the the Batman nightmare scenes like were were sort of compelling you know but like mm-hmm. I think it got like so diluted by whenever he popped out and then like and then honestly this issue like I just kept on laughing how the the majority of it. The majority of it was Batman standing in the Batcave nursing his hangover. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's really, 
is really like most of like what it was. And also he just shows up and like Alfred's already just like has breakfast, a full breakfast ready for Tim, who's just sitting there like doing something on the back computer. Like for what it's worth, uh, I think this was a new artist for Shadow of the Bat. And uh, I dug the art like, oh, yeah, the art was was killer. Yeah, Yeah, it was was uh, very functional. uh, Some great backgrounds in there. The one other thing is um, that you didn't mention when Gordon and the mayor were talking, they were laying to rest the previous mayor who uh, like died suddenly. And and that's kind of a plot point that I'm going to get into a little bit in detective as well. So I just wanted to mention that. Oh, yeah. Well, no, they weren't. They were they were at a funeral for a different person, but they got word that. um Kroll died. The mayor had died. Yeah, yeah the yeah, old mayor. Yeah, yeah, but they were at a funeral for somebody else. In yeah, like whatever. Of yeah, yeah. The issues all over the place. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, the mayor again. Okay, we're still yeah, doing this. Okay, we're still doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Detective Comics six ninety nine, written by Chuck Dixon, pencils by Graham Nolan, inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Gloria Vasquez, sep spread Android images, letters by John Costanza, edits by Scott Peterson, with associate edits by Darren Vincenzo. The cover is mostly blood, with Batman struggling for breath in a narrow gap between the logo and the blood pool. This is the chain. Lockup drops off who he thinks is a kid criminal, but is actually Robin in civilian clothing. His radio is breaking up like crazy and Nightwing only gets a partial message that he's been kidnapped and locked up. Lockup runs his fingerprints in an effort to find out who he is. Meanwhile, Batman, a.k.a. Matches Malone, is trapped in the back of a car with a bunch of uh, suspicious mobsters. Everyone around Matches always seems to get got, so they figure, let's do everyone a favor and kill Matches Malone right now. Batman kicks the driver in the head and the car flips over. Bullets fly. Batman survives. The cops mop up the scene of gangsters. Oracle gets a notification that someone is running Tim Drake's fingerprints, and she writes up an alias and rap sheet for him to maintain cover. Nightwing gets to the island where lockup has everyone. It's an old World War II gun battery out in the harbor. He fights lockup and ties him up. He finds Tim, and he tries to get him loose. Two-Face puts together that Tim must be Robin, because he and Nightwing have a relationship. It's very strange how casual they are with not maintaining the cover. Lockup slips out of Nightwing's restraints and tries to flood the place, killing everyone. Nightwing, trying to get Tim out, opens all the cells, freeing Two-Face, Killer Moth, and the two other goons that were there, including the Weed Whacker guy and then, like, some other dude. I don't know. I just they want fight. more Killer Moth. I'm just saying. Just want more Killer Moth. I know. He's a giant monster. <laughs> he's a cryptid. He's awesome. Why are they not using him? <laughs> yeah. They fight while the place is filling up with water. Chest deep in water, Two-Face starts to get the drop on Robin before Batman opens a hatch. Drop the boy, Dent. Water starts to drain. Batman and Nightwing. Batman, Nightwing, and Robin make their escape after restraining everyone for the cops who arrive soon after. Meanwhile... Armin Kroll, the old mayor, died of the clench. Everyone thought he was cured, but it seems the clench was inside him the whole time, laying dormant, waiting to clench. Everyone is worried now because, like, Robin had the clench and he had the cure. Is Robin going to die of the clench again? I don't know. We got to find out. 
Jason, what did you think of Detective Comics six ninety nine? Uh, I thought I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was I thought it was fun. It was kind of, it was kind of like, you know, it's kind of what I was expecting. I mean, hell, even like your recap was quick. Like it was a really quick like issue full of like a lot of action. Yep. You know, but but also like, you know, it's it's the kind of that's the kind of story that you should tell when you when your villain is lock up you, you know what i mean right. it's like yeah there's not like there's not a whole lot there like right guy, once guy you get to... once you get past the fascism of lockup mm-hmm. it's just it's just a bunch of dudes in a cell and then like you open all the cells and all hell breaks loose and that's basically what this issue was yeah yeah pretty much and like i i just like yeah i just kind of O- o- always had a little chuckle at a at any any panel with Killer Moth. Just, oh, rah, dude, rah, rah, rah. so good. He's he's a literal giant Killer Moth, just eating rats and Chinese food and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's bring this guy back. Let's bring yeah. him back. Yeah, whatever, whatever, you, whatever you throw in his cell, he's gonna eat because he's a he's a giant moth monster. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Though though I will say, just the the cover like. Uh, I love a big dramatic cover, you know? Yeah. But then like, man, it, it just like, none I of like that the was issue. in this issue. Yeah. 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 I like the issue, but it's like, you, you guys, so, you guys, it's not. It's funny that you mentioned the cover because this cover is like chiseled into my brain. Cause this is mm. when I started to like, I I'm about to start collecting Batman regularly as like a teenager. Mm, and yeah, I remember seeing this one on the stands and being like, man, what is that issue? But like I was buying all the current stuff, so I couldn't buy that issue. And I was like, I was like, that cover is nuts. I wonder what's in there. And it's not even in the issue. <laughs> finally, like whatever, 30 years later, finally got to read it. It's OK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not really. Uh, it's not really filled with blood, you know, no. Oh God! Why am I just blanking on the name of the character? Thinking of Aqua Teen, Hunger Force, um, Frylock, Meatwad, uh, Carl, Master Shake, Carl. Yeah, yeah, Carl. The yeah, neighbor. Carl. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I remember it was the uh, the, the episode of uh, the first time uh, the the Ghost of Christmas Past of the Future, mm-hmm. and like, and Carl's like, I just will forever remember the line. Why is my pool filled with blood? you know why is my batman cover filled with blood (laughs) it's like well because it looked cool it has really has nothing to do with the story it just looked it moved some issues batman wasn't even drowning he was fine the whole time yeah there wasn't even a whole lot of blood in the issue no you know like it's not yeah 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 but but i i liked the issue i think it was the strongest out of all the mainstream books this month like I love how uh, these these past few issues it seems, and maybe because they're just trying to fold him back in, probably for like you know no man's land because I know like that's coming up, but it's just like these past few issues it seems that like in in all the mainline bat books that like oh here's Nightwing again oh here's Nightwing yeah. again it's like it's like dude is Bloodhaven okay <laughs> like <laughs> that's you're, fine you're, you're you're never there no, it's okay yeah, I don't yeah. know oh, it's it's okay it's okay. Does does Nightwing have his ongoing by now? I don't think he does. Let me oh. let me uh, double check the spreadsheet. 
Yeah. So we're like three months away from Nightwing's number one. Oh, okay. So that's you probably that what's book. happening here. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you going to start rereading that? I'm probably going to start rereading that because I did really love that book. I was yeah. buying it as it was coming out. Um, oh, yeah. You bought that. Thing I remember nothing ever. Yeah, I remember the uh, uh, artist being like super dynamic. I don't, I don't know if it holds up still, but um, I remember the, it just being a lot of fun. I'm probably going to start reading Nightwing, and um, I'm very excited to also read uh, more Birds of Prey stuff as we get to it. Oh, yeah. Because uh, this issue, Barbara Gordon got to do something as Oracle. like, And yeah. she like... Kind of, you could tell that it was like drawn in a way where she was like writing the rap sheet and then like enjoying it, like getting one over on lockup this way. And and I was like, oh, this is what I want from Barbara Gordon. Like she she's been Oracle now for like years and she has barely been in any of these books. And I feel like they're finally starting to use her. Yeah, because she because she really is. And, and maybe maybe once we get into it more like. Maybe it's my uh, rosy view of how uh, Barbara Gordon slash Batgirl is in in the uh, Batman Adventure books, but like it's like man, this is a great character, guys. Like, right? Why isn't she around more? Like, she's right, clever and funny, and has a history with all these other characters. Like, it just it just it, it would just seem to be pretty easy to write. Right. I I feel like it's it's. It has to be like they put Barbara Gordon in the wheelchair and they're like, well, I'm writing an action comic. She can't punch anyone. I don't know what to do with her. And it feels like comics. She's a great character as Oracle. And it it feels like comics has to catch up to how good of a character she is with with its writing. Like we need to go through the growing pains to get Barbara to actually like hold her own and be the character that, you know, we know she is. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think some of it, you know, we, and, and we bring it up a lot, but like, there's like the evolution of, um, especially mainstream books, like the big two, uh, there's like an evolution of like the way like stories are told that like really starts happening, like sort of around this time and like really starts to get solidified within like the next sort of like, you know, 10 years or so of like yeah. more mainstream titles. And I think like one of the people that's like responsible for that is, is Bendis because like, yep. Because the way Bendis even got like, you know, cause he was like self publishing and had some stuff through image. And then Joe Quesada like tapped him to do uh, some books for Marvel Knights. Uh, like and Ultimate Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man was oh, his was first Ulti- thing. Oh, was yeah, it yeah. Marvel Knights first? No, I don't think so. I think he eventually oh. did some Marvel Knights, but I think Ultimate Spider-Man was the first thing that he started writing for Marvel and kind of blew up from there. Because like oh, that okay. and Powers kind of came out around the same time and just exploded. Because yeah. I know Je- Jessica Jones, I remember like Jessica Jones being an early uh, Marvel Knights uh, it, book. It is, but... This precedes all of that. Yeah, yeah. But but I think, but within, like, and yeah, and even Ultimate Spider-Man, like, you had, like, I think, so this is my long-winded way of saying that, like, I think a lot of, back then, especially more um, mainstream writers, like, people who were just used to, like, not like they couldn't have done this, but, like, you know, th- th- it's the style that they're used to doing, right? They're writing these superhero books, and, like, 
anything that's not action in a superhero book, especially in the 90s, was just like, I don't know what to do with this. Right. You know, but like you, you start to have more people like Bendis come around. It's like, oh, no, 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 this dialogue is actually very entertaining. Like just watching these people. Right talk is entertaining and then at the same time you have artists though who like train their whole lives to draw mostly action and then like they're they're like what what's this four pages of just people talking how the fuck am i supposed to make this look interesting like right right yeah you know so so i think maybe that's part of like at this time probably why like people just didn't know what to do with oracle because it's just like yeah it's it's like oh she's just gonna literally be sitting around it's like well yeah you can still do a lot with that though (laughs) yeah yeah i I look i look forward to because we we're going to be doing this podcast through you know batman and robin and then we're going to read lost years and gotham adventures and stuff like that and and then uh reboot of the batman adventures so we're going to get to basically uh batman 631 and we are currently on batman 530 so wow I'm really looking forward to like seeing that change happen, that shift where it like kind of unfolds where it's like, oh, we can make more adult comics. We can make we can give Oracle a character, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Give this her whole, a moment. This whole, yeah. Yeah. And I think I've brought this up before, too, uh, just in, in, in the in the sense of talking about how it's really cool to go back and uh, read an artist like their earlier work. And then like see the evolution mm-hmm. like to now, you know, it's just like really cool to see that. And I think just like overall, and I've thought about this since we even started the show, it is pretty cool to see. And I do have to remind myself a lot when I sort of like, you know, sneer at, at something in one of these sure. like older books of like, oh yeah, wait a minute. It was like, you know, it was 1995. Like, of course, yeah. like, you know, it, it, yeah, of course this is going to be like this, like the the style hasn't changed yet. This is what like the style was like. Right. That. Right. You know, so like you, you do have to give it like a little bit of of a break. Uh, just to just to put it in a little bit of a time capsule as well. Batman Black and White issue one dropped it with these issues. Oh, uh, nice. Probably putting all of them to shame because I remember Batman black and white being very, very good. And it, it goes on to do a lot, a lot of, um, small issues and stuff. The, um, I had all of those single issues. Yeah. When I, when I think of Batman black and white, I think of, uh, two things, the Jim Lee cover that he did that was like fucking gorgeous, especially Mm. because, uh, Jim Lee had not done a lot of Batman stuff at that time. Yeah, and he and, hadn't done a lot of art at that point, too. He had, like, kind of quieted. Like, he wasn't really drawing yeah, books anymore. Yeah. Really rare so to was, see him do much of anything. It was suddenly like, oh, shit, Jim Lee's back. He's blowing the doors off. He's Drew Batman. This rules. And then uh, there was a Matt Wagner story where he used uh, Zip Tone. Yes, I remember that. well. I have yeah. that. V- that's in my head right now as soon as yeah. you said it. There's, yeah. there's that story. There's a gorgeous, gorgeous, and all of this is going to be even more redundant, a gorgeous P. Craig Russell story. Yep, um, yep. In Batman Black and White, there's a, I don't think it's a story, I think it's just an awesome uh, pinup that, uh, uh, um, I can butcher the man's name, uh, Kadoshima Otomo, the, um, oh, yeah, yeah, the creator of Akira. Yeah. You know, which, like, just, I, I and again, I can, I'm, picturing that very vividly in my head right now his his pinup of batman and i'm just like to this day i'm like 
can you give me just like five pages of that, please? Just five. I don't even right, need a whole right. issue. Just, just, yes. just my God, like one of the greatest yeah. comic book artists to ever live. Like, just, just give me just a, mm, just a little. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go back and reread those old black Batman black and white issues oh, because, they were uh, so good. they're so, yeah, good. I remember them being really great. And, and I've, think the last time i read them was like maybe five or six years ago so yeah. i'm due for a reread man i didn't i didn't realize they came out in in the 90s i always in, in my head batman black and white was more of like a like an early 2000s like yeah you know uh, in my head it was like around a 2002 you, you know just six months from now not in 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 the 1996 timeline six months from now uh, long Halloween issue one drops as well. So like, so there are people doing like sophisticated stories yes. within the Batman universe. It's just not really happening in the mainstream yet. Yeah. Yeah. And those are, you know, and those are great examples of, yeah, again, of just like the steps and like the evolution of it. Cause those are mm -hmm. two pretty, pretty big touchstones, I think for like the larger publishers to be like, Oh wait, we, we can let people, do these things and like not only will they be good stories but they'll sell yeah because yeah it's still the audience still is hungry for it yeah like it's still a business at the end of the day so like i i i suppose i am like a little sympathetic to like it's like yeah you got to keep the lights on and like you know they'll dc and marvel will they'll they'll, they'll put out whatever they think they can make money off of it i mean hey even great if it gets yeah. prestige and awards and stuff but like if it's not if it's not, it's not selling. selling. Yeah. Should we move on to Batman and Robin Adventures? Yes. Batman and Robin Adventures. Number nine. Ty Templeton is your writer. Brendan Cruz is your penciler. Rick Burkick is your inker. Some motherfucker named Lee Lowridge is the colorist. <laughs> Fuck that dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually wrote I, some motherfucker named. Okay. All right. Just to be <laughs> transparent about this. Uh, Lee Larridge gave me my start in comics. Uh, he invited me to work at his studio at Xylenol. Uh, I started at the same time Matt Wilson did. I replaced Nick Dragata, who is also a mainstream uh, comics dude, uh, East of West, as, as a beautiful book. Uh, Lee is a good friend. Fuck that asshole. Let's continue. <laughs> I met I met him exactly once or no, I met him twice uh, 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Harkins is the letterer, Darren Vincenzo is the associate editor, and Scott Peterson, as always, is the big boy editor. Tears slap. Batgirl is getting back. No, wait, I'm sorry. Batgirl is bat. No, no. Batgirl is... <clears throat> oh, she's backhanded over a table, scattering and smashing beakers and other glass lab equipment. Talia al Ghul then spin kicks Batgirl into a bathroom while Barbara Gordon tells her diary how she ended up in such a precarious predicament. Yeah. Oh. A little record scratch. You're never yeah. going to believe how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> she's taking a toxicology course as part of her criminology degree. She's working on because you know, she's a good person. and not just going to rely on nepotism to get her career going in law enforcement. Good for you, Barb. We're, we're, we're also, we're looking at you, Damien, Damien yeah. Wayne. <sighs> fucking nepo baby yeah nepo baby <laughs> damien wayne's a nepo baby 
While Barbara is mixing up some lab type stuff, it foams over in a flash of, in a flash of green and it stains her shirt. Oh no. <laughs> she asks her professor, Mr. Sadiq, what happened? It wasn't supposed to do that. Well, while looking at what she was mixing with, he doubts that the experiment called for a Denzanel solution. It's a common solution that I'm sure we're all familiar with. Yep, Denzanel, right? Yep, yep, yep. I, I know, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing it right. Barbara, being the sweetheart that she is, admits that maybe chemistry and her don't mix. Good line, kid. Good line. Mr. D- Mr. Sadiq tells her that she can change her blouse and try the experiment again tomorrow. It's all good. Babs, as the security guard calls her, passes by to let them know that she's done for the night and Mr. Sadiq shouldn't be too far behind her. Well, these two jabronis spot another babe. I mean, uh, a babe outside. Uh, They open the door because, you know, pretty lady and all that. (laughs) Well, the pretty lady is Talia Al Ghul, and she saunters in like she belongs there. Batman just sort of has a thing for women who act like cats, which, like, I don't know, I guess same... (laughs) You know, <laughs> like someone who just that's like not, acts like they own everything and just like yeah let's let's not cast the first stone here glass yeah, houses all that <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i'm like yeah you know what i get it i totally get it and these rent-a-cops try to impose their authority on talia and uh they get some kicks and darts to the neck for their troubles <laughs> gotta warn the oh, oops dart in your neck babs as she's now known <laughs> happens upon her knocked-out friends and immediately calls the cops and pulls out her Batgirl suit because she knows there's trouble afoot right now and this do-gooder is going to do some good. Mr. Sadiq is actually Dr. Faisal, as Talia calls him. She has a dart gun at the ready. <laughs> but Mr. Physique slash Dr. Uh... Faisal isn't taking any of this shit. He's like, well, you can you can just kill me. I'm not going back to your father. I was his slave. And she's like, eh, no, you're going to get a dart in the neck. And you ever wonder how, like, these darts always go straight into their necks? Like, every comic yep. is just always, like, right in their neck. Like, it never, like... Always. It never misses. No one's ever taken a dart to the junk. Like, come on. Someone, someone had to, at one point, like, misfired and taken a dart just, like... If I ever if I ever got a, a dart in my junk, I'd be like, Gotham will burn for this. <laughs> See that that would have been much better mode motivation. <laughs> Why do you want revenge? It's like, well, OK, it still doesn't make that much Necrosis, sense. But I, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. The, the logic doesn't follow, but I understand why you're this mad. OK, so that's all right. Yeah. All right. Well. This start doesn't really knock out Dr. Faisal slash Mr. Sadiq, though, but it does make him have to listen to whatever Talia says. And just then, Batgirl comes swinging in, knocking Talia on the jaw. But Talia, being the badass that she is, ninja flips out of it. And she's coldly annoyed at the interruption. She calls Batgirl uh, a little girl and asks if she's Batman's sister or maybe girlfriend. I love the cattiness, Talia. <laughs> Some yeah. great villain stuff. She's like, oh, who are you, little one? Like, yeah. What what a, what a great way to get your opponent pissed off, too. Well, and also it's like Talia's playing with her food at this point. Like oh, Batgirl yeah. is is not able to go toe to toe with Talia. 
Yeah, yeah, it's not not on, not on the same level. Well, Batgirl ain't taking none of this shit, and she picks up the dart gun Talia had Talia had dropped when she clocked her. But Talia knows that like she doesn't know how to use it, and Batgirl tries to use it, but nope. And then Talia just tries to get a move on because like Batgirl's not a threat to her, and she knows the fuzz is coming soon, and. Batgirl, again, is not having any of this bullshit. Well, it's a bad idea, because Talia ain't no joke. And she doesn't want to hurt her, as she does have an affection for the bats, and she knows that the bats wouldn't be too, you know, be kind of mad at her if she fucked up a friend of his. Yeah, but, yeah, Talia, Talia doesn't want to, she's like holding herself back from killing Batgirl. Yeah, yeah, but, but Babs is leaving her no choice. Talia just ruins Batgirl's life catches her kick, kicks her back, elbows her in the throat, backhands her across the table where we came in, and then kicks her into a bathroom. Talia tells her that she's dressing up just because she dresses up as a warrior doesn't make her one. She does not have the will of, of a warrior. Ouch, Talia. Ooh, that's a, <laughs> that's a bit deeper than are you Batman's girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Batgirl knows that she can't take on Talia because she just got her ass handed to her. She's way too skilled of a, of a fighter to take on her, you know, with her meager, like, little bit of Taekwondo training that she has. She's desperately looking around for something to give her an edge. And she spots a can of bromide. You're my bromide, Nick. Thank you. You're, this gets you're not my bromide. You're not my bromide. Ah, well, you know what? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe you can climb the ranks. Maybe you can get there yeah. someday. <laughs> yeah, you, can, you, you can't end. Hey, you know what? We were just talking about evolving, right? I got to evolve. I got to do It's just steps. <laughs> sure, start getting sure. better. <laughs> this gives her an idea, but she needs one other component. What can that be? It's our old friend, Denzel. Swiftly grabbing the supplies she needs and a gas mask, she races after Talia and Mr. Sadiq slash Dr. Faisal. Batgirl remembers that if you mix, bro mix bromide and denzanel, it makes a form of tear gas, which she throws down all around Talia and the good professor, apologizing to the good professor. <laughs> now she has the edge to take care of her new foe and save her teacher. While Batgirl gets the kidnapped victim to safety, the cops show up and she searches around for Talia and what's this? Batgirl looks up and see a car speeding through the arriving police. She gets away, but in her diary... Babs has learned an important lesson. It does take more than a costume to make a warrior. It takes courage and brains. And she has both of those in spades. Also, she has a splitting headache. The end. What'd you, what'd you think of uh, Batman and Robin Adventures issue oh, number nine? I loved it. But let me give you the stinger real quick for the next issue. Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking about this uh, two podcasts from now. Next issue. Rachel Ghoul, the demon's head himself, is planning to kill virtually all the planet's inhabitants unless the Dark Knight can stop him. And you thought living in Gotham was tough. The Batman and Robin Adventures number 10, Blood of the Demon by Ty, Rick, Lee, and Tim. See you then. Uh, the cover is sick, too. It's like uh, Talia on one side with a smoking gun, the demon on the other, and in the middle is just like death with a scythe uh, over like 
a bunch of like skeletonized corpses and like Batman skeletonized corpse and Robin skeletonized oh, corpse. God damn. Yeah, it's yeah, metal as shit. <laughs> yeah, this goes fucking hard. This is like a um oh shit. Andrew Mc um is it McLean? Is it um the guy yeah, who does the, uh headlopper? Headlopper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, a lot of great headlopper vibes there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I loved this issue. Uh, yes. Batgirl's adorable, precocious. She doesn't back <laughs> down. She thinks her way through. Like she's like, I can't okay, I can't beat Talia. But maybe I can go around her. Maybe I could. She what is she susceptible to? She figures it out. She it's just so much fun. Every time Batgirl is in any of these issues, I always have a good time. She's just such a charming character. And we didn't get I was hoping because it was, you know, Talia that we would get some Batman romance stuff happening, too, because those issues from uh the first 36 issues of Batman Adventures are so good. Those are maybe my favorite of the whole thing. Mm. Uh, but you know what? We're going to get Talia and the demon in the next issue. Batman will show up. We'll see what happens. We'll see if there's any love lost between them. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll probably likely be some cold like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Hopefully. side eyes. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Show. The other thing was. uh I could see Lee Lowridge's fingerprints all over this fucker. <laughs> like I he's so Lee uh, gave me when I started, he gave me his palette um, and I've since like tweaked it and modified it over the years. But there's all these colors in there that are very, very bright that he uses all the time. Um, and I'm a big fan of his work and uh, I can see it's funny because this is 96, right? So yeah. Uh, I can see Lee isn't quite Lee yet. You know, like he's still kind of figuring it out and getting his feet underneath him. Um, but he's good enough to be doing mainstream comic work. So it's like this, this, I wonder what he, man, I should look up what he done, what he did like for his first issues. Like I, I really want to read those because at the same time that I'm reading this and I'm seeing his, what I consider maybe his earliest uh, uh, mainstream work. I'm remembering working there and trying to figure this shit out on my own and, and having like him give me pointers every, every once in a while on like how to get stuff done. Cause he had like 10 years of experience on me. Um, yeah. So that's kind of interesting. And I know that he goes on to color a lot of this book, um, Batman adventures in general. Oh, wow. Yeah. So although Jason, can I can I confess something right right now? Right here? So yeah, yeah. Lee colored a lot of this stuff, but um at some point and this is the thing, is like at some point he decided he he wasn't interested in it anymore, but he still wanted to take the gigs. So he he slid it to uh Eric Darns in the studio, who was another studio mate of mine. And he was coloring Batman Adventures for a while uh, under the Xylenol header. <laughs> so I, I don't know when that change takes place, but I'm going to try to keep an eye out for it going forward. Yeah, yeah, that'll, yeah. that'll be fun. So, so it was great seeing Lee's first issue in this in many issues to come of his work. So, yeah, it was fun. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're right. It was, it was, it was a really good, it was really, uh, yeah, it's just always such a treat seeing, seeing Barbara. I, I love the way they write Batgirl in, in yeah. this series, you know, it's just so she's, she's funny and just, well, like you said, like precocious, like, it's just really, yeah. it's, it's very, like, I, I know the character is right now, like technically like an adult, you know, she's mm-hmm. like in college, but it's still very like, like Nancy Drew, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, just it's, like it's, oozing with charm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the best stuff about like, like what makes, which actually, you know what? Maybe I'll start reading the second book of that tonight. I still haven't read volume two of a uh, Hobbstown mysteries. Like it's like the great thing oh, about, dude, so about, good. about mystery stories like that is like, you just have these like y- young kids who just like want answers, you know, and they're yeah, going right, after right. them no matter what. Like right. it's just, yeah. Uh, it just so hit, hit, yeah, yeah. it's all the it's all the uh right buttons uh for me like that kind of stuff what was your favorite issue this month oh it's gonna have to be batman and robin adventures issue yeah now. i'm right there with you yeah, i'm, I'm right to, there with you yeah it's gonna have to be my girl babs like yeah the mainstream books uh were a little weak this month um so you know it wasn't really difficult competition i would say that detective is kind of like number two but it's it's a, a distant number two yeah uh, yeah this issue is just a great little story and you know babs was fantastic it was just yeah just fun yeah and new new colorist and new artist too right wasn't is it the yeah yeah new artist issue? too yeah yeah because yeah. uh rick Burchett was uh uh doing the uh penciling and inking i think for a while yeah and now he's uh just the inker again I, yeah, I don't mean to say just the inker. He is the inker. <laughs> let's, not, let's not start anything. <laughs> you you know apparently apparently fun fact, but the entire um little rant if you remember the rant in Chasing Amy that um mm-hmm. Jason Lee's character gives because he he's an inker, like the mm-hmm. the entire rant is apparently almost word for word when Kevin Smith was like, um he he said he was. Uh, talking to Jimmy Palmiotti and like had mentioned oh, something and no. like of like well what are isn't it just like tracing it's just like oh my god no is that you know <laughs> I mean I don't I don't think it was quite as probably it probably wasn't quite as angry I'm sure he like patiently explained to him like sure sure what, sure what inking actually entails you know <laughs> but <laughs> fucking god, tracing <laughs> uh, did you I think my favorite panel though from all these books what had to have been uh, Batman blowing the bone flute and like the musical skeletonized notes uh, behind him because it took me a second to realize what the hell was going on because Kelly Jones was just like on his own doing his own thing like kind of like riffing he gets a little weird sometimes and I was like oh shit this rules I dig the uh, the unmasking the big splash page of like necrosis you oh know, yeah the- of- for as much shit as we gave it, like that moment was startling. Yeah, yeah, and the, and like we said, the art was killer in in that book. Yeah, you yeah, know, you're was, right. You're was, right. It was really good. So like, I yeah, that was like, because it, it was it was so like, um, it looked like the cover of like a like an old EC book. You yeah, know? absolutely. Like so, yeah, had man, that, had that. Comics that are good. Comics are so good.
Jason. Nick. Where can people find you? They can find me still at the, honest to God, still surprisingly, I don't think Twitter can die. If Elon Musk can't hasn't killed Twitter by now, I don't know, man. I don't he's know like, if it can die. He's floating the idea of like, where everybody has to pay a dollar to be part of Twitter, and I think that will kill it. Yeah, that's why he hasn't done it. Because <laughs> because he owe because he owe no because he owes the Saudi royal family way too much money to to oh, act no. to completely kill. Yeah, but anyway, they can those find me. Those there. aren't people you want to be in in with. <laughs> what are you talking about? I've heard they're very nice people who've never uh, dismembered <laughs> and royal, chopped up a, a critical journalist before. Really? Yeah, I'm yeah. shocked. Yeah, I'm the, really in the, the news. Hey, listen, you know, uh, Jamal L. Khashoggi, uh, if you're hearing this, um, <laughs> you know, I, I was texting with him a while back. I haven't heard from him in a while. Or wait, or was Khashoggi the journalist they murdered? Anyway, the Saudis, House of Saud, <laughs> please don't murder me. Uh, this but took you a can turn. F- I just want your socials, Jason, for God's fucking sake. Like, come on. <laughs> But you can find me at uh, King of Black Acid on Twitter. Also, uh, world second finest. This world second with the two on the on the Twitter machine. Still trying to get the blue sky up going. Uh, that they're so stingy with their with 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 their invites and multiple accounts. Yeah, you so got to we'll, make a you got to make a separate email address. It's a the whole thing. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm over there on Blue Sky uh, mostly on Discord though because I like I said I'm pushing back from social media a little bit. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, Discord is the best way to do it. Uh, uh, my Discord link is at linktree.com slash nickphil. So you can find all my links to everything up there. I will respond eventually on Twitter and Instagram and stuff, but it's just going to take me a little while since I don't use those platforms all that much anymore. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening. Well, thank you for listening. What, um, what I, what I did remember is that this completely separate thing where it was um, uh, this this person talking about uh, it, it was in an article about um, the way television is today and mm-hmm. the way TV writing is today, you know, and there was this guy who was like uh, unnamed, but like a head writer and executive producer and, at various mm-hmm. places. And he's just like. And he's like, listen, man, he's like all these young writers, they want to write Barry. He's like, I fucking love Barry. Barry's great. Barry's an amazing show. He's like, nobody fucking watches Barry. You know what everybody watches? They watch the fucking Big Bang Theory. It's like, I'm sorry, but, yeah, you know, like this is yeah. like what, like, <laughs> this is, yeah. you still, you still, you if still you're shooting for numbers. To, yeah. If you're yeah. looking at the raw data and you just want the most eyeballs. You want yeah. Big Bang Theory. You don't want Barry. Yeah. Well, or or also, I think the larger point he was making, too, was that, like, not everything you write can be this, like, huge, challenging thing. Oh, absolutely. You know? It's that, like sometimes well, you got to okay, have a little okay, bit of, okay. of fun in there. <laughs> so, like, I when I got out of school, I was so turned around by, like, because art school is, like, just constant critiques, you know? Yep. And so... I was so turned around because I was like, I was like, well, if I if I don't make Watchmen, if I don't make the next Watchmen, what's the point of making anything, you know? And it's it's that mentality of like, I I didn't realize it, but it's like once I got into the grind of comics, once I was coloring regularly and then started coloring for a big two and stuff like that, I realized that it's like 
man, you just have like those moments where you get to make Barry or you get to make the wire or like whatever, like those moments are like handful of times in your career, you know, like yeah. most of the time, like I did a, uh, a story that I'm really proud of in detective comics. I did a backup uh, featuring two face and he was like diving into his subconscious and there was like, I guess there's an alien presence that's also manipulating Two-Face and uh, nice. he, his scarred side and his regular side fought off the alien presence. And it's like, yeah, this is a footnote in the Scarface story or in the um, Two-Face story. Sorry, uh, Two-Face. And it's like, I had a lot of fun with it. It was a blast to do. Um, we made it as visually interesting as possible. but ultimately. People are going to read it. It's a footnote. They're going to move on. It's not a big deal. It's like yeah. the cave Carsons like don't come around very often. Yeah. That kind of stuff. And like you got to be ready to spring on them when you can. But you can't just like exit school and be like, I'm only doing cave Carson style, you know? Yeah. Or it just or doesn't always, work. Or always expecting like like something that I've really enjoyed about, you know, talking about like watching the evolution of a thing is uh the sort of the the evolution i guess they've sort of always been this way but the evolution of uh the criterion collection you know mm -hmm. and how like it, and and of course it rightfully so has this reputation of like if people do know about it it's like oh that's where all like the snooty highbrow films are right and it's like yeah that's that's true that stuff is there but they're also like like a while back on the criterion channel they had like just a shit ton of jackie chan movies you know because like <laughs> they yeah. love because they yeah. love because they love movies and they're like no no no, these are classics too you know yeah. it's not it's not all like you know jean-luc godard and like akira yeah. kurosawa you know it's right. it's like th this is like that like they it's like we love the medium of movies you know it's like martin scorsese saying in a recent interview that like he's like yeah he's like a lot of like way younger filmmakers he's like i don't understand any of that stuff and he's like, and that's great. He's like, that's not me. He's like, that's them. He's like, that's their new way yeah. of making it. He's like, it's not the way I make it, but he's like, it's great yeah. that, that they make it. And it's like, yeah, if, if you, um, it, and I think the other thing too, is that like the people making like, you know, like if you're not an asshole, right. Which like, I don't know how much of an asshole Alan Moore is or isn't. I tend to think that he's not, I think Alan Moore is great. And he's a lovely man <laughs> and his opinions are mostly right. Um, we, we'd also not like to be cursed by Alan Moore, please. Yes. Thank you. That too. That too. Um, <laughs> but like when, when Alan Moore was writing Watchmen, he wasn't like, fuck yeah, this is totally going to change comics. This is like, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's like, he was right. like, he was like, no, I have this, this story and this, I, I have this idea that I think is interesting. And then I think that I think I can tell with these characters. Yeah. And I want to tell That's it this it. way because I think it'll be an interesting way to tell this story and really utilize like the, the medium of comics, you know, but it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't set off to like, you know, sure. so, 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 so it is the, the really like, <laughs> it's, it's so disappointing sometimes I think how um, some of the most cliched advice is just like the truest, you know, because it's like, yeah, it, it's like, yeah, if you, it's like if you make what you love, 
that's that will be your best stuff is the stuff that you yeah. love and just, and like and some people are like but 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 what i love is is like you know ultra violent hello kitty fan fiction it's like well <laughs> well th- then go for that like yeah, you might find, find your audience yeah and you might find something interesting in there you know you yeah might, you right and totally. you might end up saying some things that you didn't know you had well, to say and you know when you make something especially when you make anything long format and you you do something for years and years and years you might start at hello kitty ultraviolence fanfic but you might end in like a really odd place that you were not expecting to go to i don't know anyway we've yeah. we've kind of lost the thread here a little bit oh, jason sorry. sorry uh that's my fault that's my fault are we done talking about detective comics 699 <laughs> yes yes okay